welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 19th of January 2014, entitled Dying a Fool's Death, Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Samuel, Chapter 3, verses 23 to 34. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 2 Samuel, Chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 23 through 34. I invite you to stand if you'd like to honor the reading of God's Word as we begin reading in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 23. When Joab and all the hosts that was with him were come, they told Joab, saying, Abner the son of Ner came to the king, and he hath sent him away, and he has gone in peace. Then Joab came to the king and said, What hast thou done? Behold, Abner came unto thee. Why is it thou hast sent him away, and he is quite gone? Thou knowest, Abner, the son of Ner, that he came to deceive thee, and to know thy going out and thy coming in, and to know all that thou doest. When Joab was come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again from the well of Sarah, but David knew it not. When Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly, and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. And afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house, and let there not fail from the house of Joab one that hath an issue, or that is a leper, or that leaneth on the, a staff, or that falleth on the sword, or that lacketh bread." So Joab and Abishai, his brother, slew Abner because he had slain their brother Asahel at Gibeon in the battle. David said to Joab and to all the people that were with him, Rend your clothes and gird you with sackcloth and mourn, be, mourn before Abner. And King David himself followed the bear. They buried Abner in Hebron. The king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner, and all the people wept. The king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth? Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters. As a man falleth before wicked men, so fellest thou. And all the people wept again over him. Father, we thank you again this evening for the time that we have to look into your word. We pray now, Lord, that you would uh, take and, and use this time that you would anoint and speak, Lord, the the words to thy servant this evening that need to be spoken. Lord, meet the needs of each heart as only you can, and we'll give you all the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Well, let me say, first of all, if you weren't here this morning, then you'll have to uh, catch up online or something. We began this morning, and of course, we, uh, we just talked about the fact of, uh, of course, death is something that has invaded our ranks, it seems, uh, uh, a lot in just a very recent time. It's something that we all deal with at some time or another. And of course, we said that it's something that we will all have to deal with because it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We talked about the hope. For a Christian, it is much easier because we have that hope of knowing where they are and where that we'll see them again one day. Sometimes it's hard when we don't know. Uh, when a person has never made that profession of faith. But the thing is that the hope, if there is any hope, the hope is in the same place. The hope 
is in Jesus Christ, in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which the Bible says is the power of God and the salvation. And so we don't know anybody's heart. But when we lose someone that we care about, that we don't have that assurance of knowing that they've been saved, then the greatest hope we can have is to know that we didn't miss the opportunity to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. Because just as a thief on the cross, we never know. And they might have had that opportunity to call out. The hardest is when we lose somebody and we don't know that they've ever even heard the gospel. Uh, what's even worse is if we've had an opportunity and we have passed that opportunity up. And so we looked at these things this morning and I made the simple statement that where the gospel is present, there is always hope. The only time that all hope is lost is when no gospel is present. So we can find our hope, and it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, as we begin to look at the fact that we can't do anything about those that we've lost, we can't even do anything about the fact that we have an appointment that we will meet one day, and the only thing, the only thing that will help us to avoid that appointment is if the trumpet sounds and we're out of here first. But other than that, we will all face death. It's something that every human being has to deal with. As Christians, we need not have fear there. As Christians, when we lose loved, lose loved ones in the faith, then, then we've got something to, to rejoice in and knowing the confidence that we have that the Paul said being confident that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so we have that same confidence. But we began to look, and we looked at a lot of background here of what led up to our reading here this morning. But basically at this point in our, in our reading, uh, King Saul has died. And we've got two different kings. Of course, King David has uh, ascended to the throne in, in the tribe of Judah. And all the other 11 tribes are, are being led by Ishabeth, which was the son of, of, of Saul. And uh, these two sides are battling against each other. And we're reading here about the two generals that led the armies on, on both sides, this uh, Joab and, and Abner. And, of course, we find that there came a point when David's side was getting stronger and stronger, Ishabeth's side was getting weaker and weaker, that uh, we don't know all the ulterior motives, but Abner decided to switch sides, and he was going to go over to David's side. And so he goes to David, and he presents him with this, and he's willing to, to turn all of, of uh, uh, his armies over to, to David and deliver them into his hand. And, of course, David puts that one stipulation on there, well, we'll do this, but only if you return Micah to me, because you remember Micah was his first wife, uh, that he was married to. And of course, after things split between him and Saul, Saul took his daughter and he married her off to somebody else. And so David says, okay, if you bring my daughter back to me, then we'll do it. Uh, they all agreed that this was going to be done. And uh, they'd come back and a big festival had taken place. And then of course, we find that Abner had gone to, to bring together uh, all of these men, all of these armies of the, uh, the kingdoms that uh, uh, he was general over. And it was at that point that Joab came back because he was out to battle when, when Abner had come and, and the festivals had taken place and he was not pleased when he found out what had happened. And that's when we pick up in our, in our scripture reading where we began this morning. And our real, our title is taken from verse 33 there. And the king lamented over Abner and said, died Abner as a fool dieth? He's asking this question, you know, did Abner die a fool's death? And then he goes on and he says, as if he's talking to Abner, thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters. As a man falleth before the wicked men, so fellest thou. We find that we all have to die. The thing that we struggle with the most is not the dying, but what happens after death. 
It is appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. We will stand before God at one of the two thrones that we talked about there. But we find that though we all have to die, we don't have to die a fool's death. Abner died a fool's death. Why did Abner die a fool's death, a foolish death, literally uh, a, a death that, uh, uh, that was without meaning, that, uh, uh, you know, as, as he died, you know, he, he, he didn't have to die that way. A senseless death is another word that, that could be translated there. So why was it a fool's death? Well, we saw when we looked into uh, the Scriptures this morning that uh, the first reason that it was a fool's death was because of deception. And we won't talk about all that again, but basically he was deceived by the enemy. And we saw the similarities there of all these things that Joab was doing to Abner of Satan in our lives when he comes along and he whispers in our ears and he takes us and he, and he wants to lead him down this path. And, and of course, Ab, or Joab knew that it was destruction that he was leading him into. But Abner was deceived by somebody that he should have known better. We also know that, that what Joab was doing was not even a crime because of the sin that Abner had committed because even though it had been in battle, Abner had taken Joab's brother's life in battle. And of course, we know that as a result of that, that that blood could be avenged and he had the right to his life. And of course, the wages of sin is death. You know, Satan has our life. The death ward is there. You know, and he wants to do everything he can to lead us down just like he did Abner in our story, down away from the gate, lead us down there to our destruction and us not even realize what's going on. So deception. But secondly, I want you to realize Abner's death was a fool's death, not only because of deception, but because of decisions. We all make decisions. We all make choices. And many of those choices have to do with the way our life is lived and the way that we leave this world. He said there in verse 34, Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into feathers. In other words, David's saying, Abner, you could have done something. You know, why didn't you fight? It's, it's not as though you didn't have a choice. Your hands weren't tied behind your back. And yet you died as if that was the case, as if you could do absolutely nothing about it. You could have gone somewhere else. You didn't have to go there. You didn't have to be there. Why didn't you get away from the enemy? You weren't dragged there. You had a choice. Your feet weren't shackled. Abner made the decision to be where he was, to do what he did. He had choices when Joab came to him. And he started whispering these quiet things in his ear, and he was trying to lead him down. He didn't have to follow, but he did. He chose to follow that enemy, even though, yes, he was being deceived. But we realize, I mean, we can't be so blinded as not to recognize that Satan is the great deceiver. We know that he's our enemy. We know that he wants our life. We know that he wants our destruction. But we have decisions to make. He'll come along and he'll keep. I, I asked this morning, you know, you know, what kind of company are you keeping? Because that company is either being led by God or they're being led by Satan. There is no other options, folks. That's the options that we have. You see, you don't have to do what Satan wants you to do. You don't have to go where Satan wants you to go. 
You can do like Abner. Just let Satan have his way. Believe what he's saying to you. Well, you can decide to listen to God. You can heed the warnings. You can listen to God's truths instead of Satan's deceptive lies. That's the two choices that are before us. You can decide to do what Satan wants, go where he wants. You can decide to do what God wants and go where God wants you. You see, God is very clear. You don't have to die a fool's death. God wants something better for you. How do you know, preacher? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, For this is a good, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. God doesn't want you to believe that lie. He doesn't want you to be deceived. He wants you to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants you to be saved. That's why he gave his son on the, on the cross to die for you. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, God wants something better for you. He doesn't want that destruction that's the end of the path that the enemy, Satan, the great deceiver, will lead you down. He wants something much better. We find that Joshua had to call the people of Israel to a decision at one point in Joshua 24, 15. He said this to them. He said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, make a choice. If you're going to serve those false gods, if you're going to serve the world's gods, then go ahead and do it. But it's for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to serve the Lord. We all make those choices. Who are we going to serve in this life today? By God's glorious grace. That's what we talked about in the Bible study this morning. David had to cry out for mercy, for forgiveness. By God's grace. He gives you a choice, not because of any lack of power on his part, but because he loves you. He gives you a choice. Satan would have you bound hand and foot in the very shackles of sin, but Jesus came to set you free, and the Bible says the truth will set you free. The enemy is there with all of his lies, and he's whispering sweet nothings, and he's leading down that path that only destruction lies at the end of. Abner died a fool's death because of deception. He allowed himself to be deceived because of decisions that he made. But you know what else? Abner died a fool's death because of delay. <laughs> because of delay. Notice what he said there in verse 27. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him, where was he at? Aside in the gate. He took him aside in the gate. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters, he said in verse 34, as a man falleth before wicked men, so fellest thou. Delay, or if you want, diversion. <laughs> The thing was is that 
We notice here Abner was right there at the gate. What was there? This was a gate, Hebron. Hebron was a city of refuge. He was right there at the gate. Joab met him right at the gate and he led him away. He died outside the gate as one falls before wicked men, before those who are outside the place of refuge. You see, he was so close and yet so far. Had he gone through that gate, Joab would no longer have had that claim on his life. Satan meets many right at the gate of eternity, right at the gate of eternal refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll do his best to lead them aside, to get them away from that point. Abner should have known better. But Abner allowed himself to be deceived. The decisions he made as a result of that deception, they were wrong. They were his own. No matter how deceived or how blinded he was, he made his choices. You and I make our choices. He was delayed. He was diverted from the very place. They would have found refuge. Abner died a fool's death. But he died that fool's death. He died it first of all because that he was deceived because of deception. He died it because of the decisions that he made. He made his choices. He had to live with them, and he died with them. He died a fool's death because of delay, because of being diverted from the very point where that he could have found refuge. And finally, he died a fool's death cause of destruction. You see, verse 27 went on to say, after Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly, the next word says, and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died. Find that that was his reason all along, to destroy him, to kill him. Verse 33, and the king lamented over Abner and said, died Abner as a fool dieth? Verse 34, my hands were not bound, thy feet put into fetters. As a man falleth before the wicked men, so fellest thou. Joab's aim was always one thing, the destruction of Abner. To take his life, to destroy him, to take everything that he had, we find that that's exactly what he got. In the end, Abner died a fool's death because he was the one that allowed himself to be deceived. He was the one that made the decisions he did when he didn't have to. He was the one that delayed from entering in at the gate and, and was diverted away down the side. Satan would do with so many. It was a foolish, senseless death because of the needless destruction. Refuge was right there, but yet he missed it. Psalm 14, verse 1, and Psalm 53, verse 1, both of those psalms begin with these words, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 
the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You see, the simple truth is, the Bible says, everybody's without excuse to look around and not to believe that there's a God. That's about as foolish as man can get. Proverbs 18.2 says this, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. A fool hath no delight in understanding. Sometimes it's frustrating, but many people die a fool's death because they are so foolish that they have no desire to understand the things of God. They have no desire to understand spiritual things. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that in our depraved, sinful selves, none of us have a desire to understand God. None of us have a desire for the things of God whatsoever. It's only by God's grace when He moves on us through the power of the Spirit that He opens those blinded eyes, that He allows us to see the truth, and He wants us to know that truth. But the fool, he has no desire for that understanding. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. <laughs> Have you ever met anybody that said, huh, I know I'm wrong, but I'm believing it anyway. You know, I know there's really a God, but I'm, I'm going to believe that there is no God. <laughs> the truth is, is that they're blind. They don't have any desire to understand those spiritual things. And in his eyes, he is convinced and genuine, as sincere as he possibly can be. Tony and I talked about this yesterday, and I mentioned this morning. You know, I've, I've met some wonderful people. I can remember as a, as a young airman arriving in Zaragoza, Spain, and I didn't know anybody or anything on that air base. And there were some people befriending me, and they were they were such nice people. And I mean, they genuinely were showing me the, the, the things that I needed to know. They genuinely were inviting me into their homes for, uh, for meals, and, and they were as sincere and genuine as they could be. And it was several weeks in before I realized and found out that they were Mormons. Well, the truth is, I've known other Mormons, and they can be very nice, genuine people. They were doing what they did because they wanted to. But the truth is, all that sincerity and genuineness in the world, in their own eyes, they're right. But without the gospel, there is no salvation. Without the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no hope. People can be as sincere and as genuine as they want to. In their own eyes, they can be right. But we've got the truth. Satan will try to deceive us in so many ways. He'll try to get us to believe that right is wrong. You try to get us to believe that so many of those things don't matter. You see, that word fool, as I said, it also carries the idea of being senseless. Was Abner's death senseless? We all have to die. Abner had to die, but he did not have to die a fool's death. You see, it didn't have to be that way. He didn't have to meet the destruction that was at the end. He allowed his enemy to lead him into. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, death is inevitable. You know, so many times, I said this morning, you know, some things even, 
You know, I, I struggled because I, I told them this morning I had an, another sermon that I'd been working on, that I had all those things down there, and I had it all together. And when God burdened me with this passage, I couldn't get away from it. I don't really like to preach on death. <laughs> I can think of a lot of things that make me a whole lot happier to preach on. But death is something we all have to deal with. Death is something that a lot of us have had to deal with lately. And the truth is, is that we need to realize with very much sincerity, we do have an appointment with death. It's coming. There's no question. Young and old alike, it's there. And we have an appointment immediately after that, and that's judgment before God. We all have to die. But how we die is going to determine which one of those judgments that we have an appointment at. We don't have to die a fool's death. We have the truth. We don't have to be deceived. We don't have to be led down that foolish path like Abner was. In Jesus Christ, he offers his life everlasting. <laughs> he has victory over death. He won that victory over death. We find that that same victory is ours. I wonder. I wonder as I asked that question, as I asked this morning, have you been foolishly deceived by the enemy before? Are you being deceived right now? Has that deception resulted in decisions that you've made that were foolish? You didn't have to make those decisions, and you shouldn't have made those decisions. Some may have delayed or been diverted from entering into the place of refuge when you were right there. God had brought you right to the gate. All you had to do was fall upon your knees, give your life to Him. Maybe there's some that are there at the gate, but Satan is trying to get you to the side. He's trying to get you aside. He's trying to get you. He doesn't want you to step through that gate that will give you refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Abner faced senseless destruction. Without Jesus Christ, that's exactly what you face. That's exactly where your enemy's taking you. Maybe in your heart, in your own eyes, you think that you're right. Maybe you don't want to understand, but you can have life eternal. That's what God wants for you. You see, there's not a one of us that has to die a fool's death. We will all have to die. But with Jesus Christ, we don't have to fear that. We have either stepped inside the place of refuge or maybe God is offering you that opportunity to step in to that gate of refuge. The only refuge that you and I have is the Lord Jesus Christ. But as I began this morning, and as I return to this evening, the power of God unto salvation is the gospel. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the hope of your loved ones that have gone before you. That's the hope that you and I have. That's the hope that any of us have. Abner didn't have that hope. Abner left this world without that hope. But you and I have that choice to make. You and I have that hope this evening. And I encourage you, as I said this morning, you see, this message was really twofold when God spoke to my heart. Number one, I want to give you hope for your loved ones that you've lost. I want you to know. You know, we can't change their death, but we can change. We can make absolutely sure that they've been given the gospel. 
that they know the truth, that they're given that opportunity. You know, I wouldn't, I'd hate to trust my eternity on a deathbed prayer. But the truth is, with the gospel, as long as there's breath in the body, with the gospel, there is the power of salvation. There is that hope that can come. But without it, there is no hope. I want to give you hope. I want to give you hope for your love. I want to give you hope for yourself. But I want us, you know, that when we leave this world, what kind of hope are we going to leave behind us for the ones that we leave behind? Is it a hope of certainty that they, they know from our hearts and the lives that we've lived that we love the Lord, that we walked with Him, that our faith and trust was in Him and Him alone? Or are they going to have to wonder? Are they going to have to wonder where that we're at in eternity? I say again, we all have to die, but we do not have to die the fool's death. David was lamenting over the fact that Abner could have done something about it. Abner could have, could have done other things. He could have been other places. He had other choices, but he died a fool's death. He allowed the great deceiver to take it all from him. Father, we thank you this evening that as we look at these simple passages and we read about this, that, Lord, there's so much symbolism there. There's so much to look at in recognizing that we're told all through the Scriptures that this is precisely the way that Satan deals with us. We know that he is the greatest deceiver of all. Lord, I pray, you know, here this evening that if there's anybody that maybe he's deceived them in their hearts, maybe they've had a good dose of religion or a good dose of church. Maybe they've been right there at the gate, but somehow he's diverted them. He's, he's caused them to put it off, to go somewhere else, to do something else when they can step into the place of refuge. I pray this evening, Lord, that if that's the case, that you would show them in their hearts. And Lord, for each one, Lord, as we have to deal with this thing called death, it's something that faces all of us, and it's there because of sin. But Lord, that which we need to do is to deal with the sin problem. The only way we can take care of the death is by taking care of the sin. Yes, we'll all leave this world. But Lord, we look forward for that hope of that day when we'll be raised. In the moment of twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. Lord, I pray that you would just give each one here that absolute assurance of knowing that if they know anything in this world, they know that they're ready to face death. They know because they know which appointment they're going to face after that, which judgment seat they're going to stand at. They have that confidence in their hearts to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.